Welcome to Enlightenment of Change with Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Here's Connie. Welcome to Enlightenment of Change on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. I'm excited that you're here with us today. Now, as you listen to the show, you know, my guests and I, we totally get that when change is thrust upon us, perhaps not by choice, but it's thrust upon us, it can really throw us into a tailspin. And I feel that when we are in chaos or in distress mode, our level of communication becomes truly impactful and necessary. So to help you navigate whatever change is going on in your life, in the show notes, you'll find my link for my communication style assessment. You'll get two reports. Your highest score is kind of your natural communication superpowers. And I give you a report spotlighting that. Important to know so you can lean into that and leverage that strength. Flip side, your lowest score is probably a blind spot that you're not even aware of. Really, really read that report with detail because that's the one that's going to magnify perhaps and or impact your next sale or your next client meeting or your next meeting with your boss. So again, that link is in the show notes, my gift to you. Now, my motivational quote, I want to set the stage for the topic with my guest and I today, and it's by Melody Beattie. And Melody says, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity, and it turns problems into gifts, failures into success, and unexpected into perfect timing and mistakes into important events. You know, I really loved this quote when I saw it because it really reminds me that life is all about perspective. Now, do you remember that artist, Bob Ross, where he would do the painting live right during his show? And he would say that every mistake he made was a happy accident because by the end of the show, or the episode, um, it helped him create the beautiful masterpiece that we all got to witness uh, before our eyes. So in life, it's happy accidents. So who is my guest today that we are going to talk about happy accidents, gratitude, and creating the life we desire? His name is Dr. Greg Hammer. Uh, Dr. Greg uh, is, uh, he has a book called Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals, focuses on the four pillars of Dr. Hammer's Hammer's meditation, methodology, gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment to promote promote overall well-being and harmony between the mind and body. Dr. Hammer has established himself as a guiding light for numerous physicians facing burnout in their respective fields. The GAIN method has been known to strengthen mental strength and resilience regard of profession. So please help me welcome Dr. Hammer to the show. Thank you so much for being on. Great to be with you, Connie. Yes. So this this is such an important topic, uh, topic, Greg, because I think we are struggling as a human race and I think we need all the help we could get. And with people like you out there shining your light brightly to help us navigate the chaos, right, in life and in business and in our careers, um, you are really a needed resource. So I'm, I'm truly honored to have you on the show. So, so thank you for joining me. Thank you for those kind words, Connie. Great to be with yeah. you again. Again. So happiness, hmm, it starts from within, right? We all have the reason to know that Truly, that's true for us. But how can we actually begin to blossom when we live in this outer world or these outer circumstances that can usually be overwhelming and and probably negative? 
Well, you know, we have to have a plan because unfortunately, Connie, our brains are wired in some ways that appear to interfere with our happiness. For example, we have a negativity bias. This is well known. We tend to focus on the negative and forget about the positive. And in fact, when we sleep, when we're in deep sleep, our brains actually are processing negative memories and kind of solidifying those before they get to the positive experiences, forming memories. So, you know, our brains are quite active when we're asleep, actually. They're cleaning up debris. They're, again, uh, forming these memories, kind of imprinting them. And we start with the negative. So we do have a negativity bias. Uh, the other way that I think in general our brains are wired that appears to interfere with our ability to be happy is that we have a hard time being present. In other words, if we close our eyes and just take a deep breath and sit still for a moment, our minds tend to wander into the past or future. We, it's almost like we have an obsession with the past and future, but happiness really resides in the present moment. So I like to think of our thoughts as adaptive or maladaptive. Um, it is maladaptive to obsess on the past and future. It's adaptive to, for example, think about the past in terms of savoring wonderful memories and even to some extent acknowledging our mistakes so that we don't repeat them. But beyond that, we obsess over the past and with our negativity bias, we tend to generate a lot of regret, shame, low self-esteem, depression. And likewise, we uh, adaptively think of the future in terms of planning for wonderful times and putting bread on the table. But beyond that, with our negativity bias, our obsession with the future tends to lead to a lot of fear and anxiety. So one key to happiness is being present, and that's not our natural condition. So we need a plan to do that. And that is a plan to be happier. Has this always been since like the dawn of time? Has the human brain kind of functioned that way or has it adapted over the years or, or kind of morphed over the years just because like in the United States, right? We're, we're known as the hustle, um, hustle, uh, economy or whatever it is. Cause we're always in go mode where in Europe they take, you know, like Spain, they take siestas, right? My family's from Italy, much slower, um, more, uh, uh, I think present. Maybe that's the right word. They're more present in their daily lives. So is it the human or is it cultural? Well, I think it's both. I think actually, just since you mentioned Europe and, and their, culture of of having siestas and slowing down a little bit i'm afraid that my sense is that uh, as we've exported uh fast food establishments and so on to other countries we've also exported our hustling way of being and doing business and so on because it's a global economy and i think that to compete yeah those other countries are probably doing less uh uh, relaxing and taking siestas and more of doing the hustle as we do here. But yeah. I think that uh, one theory that I like is that our brains have evolved over tens of thousands of years to be wary, to be negative, to be uh, really casting our thoughts into the future. And I think that if you can imagine 80,000 years ago, our forebears sitting with their family in a cave trying to keep the fire going, they had to worry about where the next bit of wood was going to come from to keep the keep the fire burning and keeping them warm. 
they had to worry that there might be a saber-toothed tiger lurking outside the mouth of the cave. And if they did that, if they were wary about the future and kind of negative in their thinking about what's the worst thing that might happen, maybe they survived longer, they had more offspring, and these genes or epigenetic factors in our cellular nuclei uh, became more embedded and spread throughout the population. And fast forward 80,000 years later, here we are kind of stuck with this wariness, this tendency to imagine the worst thing that might happen to catastrophize. And again, that negativity, that wariness uh, generates a lot of fear and anxiety. And anxiety, of course, is one of the banes of our modern existence. So I think these traits sort of evolved. And when while they were once uh, adaptive in some ways, I think they are now maladaptive. And um, the good news is that our brains also have this quality called neuroplasticity. So we can actually rewire the way we think, but it takes, it takes a plan. It takes purposefulness. Uh, the I in gain, as you mentioned, is intention. And we have to be purposeful. We have to have intention if we want to rewire our brains away from this negativity bias and this inability to be present. The good news is we can do it. And that is the good news. It takes effort, but you have you have to know what that next step is. Otherwise, we're kind of throwing darts in the dark and not not really we're not going to create the change that we desire or it's going to take forever because we're making so many missteps instead of having that plan like you have you've created through the years. Excuse me. And it's funny, as you were saying that, you know, back then it saved lives, right? 80,000 years ago that apprehension, that thinking before you left the cave and, you know, making sure that you had enough wood and having those plans, right, was survival. Now we, you know, food, we go to the food store, there's food, people grow, you know, you could grow food in your yard. So, and we don't have saber-toothed tigers anymore. Yet we create that fear of not enough, not being enough, but not having enough to raise our kids or pay for college. Or we were talking about the real estate across the United States. It's crazy. The cost of everything. So we're pushing forward and we're creating that neuroplasticity of not enough. Right. Again, of that loss versus that we're humans. We should be living a life of abundance. And yet we shortchange ourselves because of all of this wiring and our, you know, the the. um imprints we get from this life forget about the dna transfer of beliefs from 14 generations ago right you you probably know better than i that they've done so much research on that that all of that is being transmitted like you said through our dna so we have to understand what was was but how do we move forward so do me a favor you know you mentioned the gain and i mentioned it in my intro can you let's set the table for everybody of what gain stands for and then we can springboard the conversation from there Sure. As you mentioned, uh, GAIN is an acronym. So in the title of the book, GAIN Without Pain, it's in capital letters. And GAIN stands for what I think, as you mentioned, are the four pillars of of happiness and well-being. And they are gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. And they are very tightly interwoven. So when we talk about gratitude, we can include acceptance, intention, and non-judgment because they're really... Uh, you know, as we may kind of touch on throughout our conversation, they're so woven together and interrelated. Um, so we could start with gratitude. Um, you know, again, we're what is it that all 
almost 8 billion of us now want. The one thing we all want is happiness. And we deserve happiness. I think actually happiness is our true nature, but it gets apparently covered up uh, by the way that our brains are working, this this negativity, et cetera, this distraction with the past and the future. Hmm. So how do we how do we begin to make inroads to right the ship and and begin to rewire our brains? It starts with gratitude. Um, I think we can all recognize that gratitude is intrinsic to happiness. We can imagine or perhaps know somebody who's poor and happy or even physically challenged and happy. But it's hard to even imagine somebody who is ungrateful and happy. So, I mean, happiness is not a permanent state of being, granted. I mean, we can have happy times. We're happy some of the time. I I would venture to say that almost none of us are happy all the time. But there are people that are rather ungrateful much of the time and that that lack of gratitude is associated with unhappiness and you know it when i meet people like that and you have conversations or you're you know in a social gathering where you hear people talking from this very very negative woes me you know if, if it wasn't for bad luck i'd have no luck things like that right that that kind of mindset um it breaks my heart because i think wow if you just flip, like make your glass ha- half full glass half full instead of half empty and just start from that fr- perspective right that frame of reference and watch what changes in your life and i'll just share a really funny story many 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 years ago my mother was still alive she she had phlebitis from when I was a little girl um, and her one leg was weaker than the other. And she was going up to get Christmas decorations. And it was one of those pull down stairs, you know, and um, she fell and broke her leg. So, you know, she calls and we're talking and, I'm, you know, what's going on? She goes, oh, I broke my ankle. And my first question, uh, Greg, I said, oh, my gosh, which which leg? It was the good leg. And I said, oh, thank goodness. And she goes, Why? And I said, well, if it was the bad leg, it would take you that much longer to heal. And think about it. I said this, you know, it's going to heal. You're going to, you know, do the pizza. And she burst out laughing. I go, what's so funny? She goes, there's my my hopeless optimist. You always see the silver lining. And but now here's the thing, Greg, did I think to say that to her to make her? No, it was just where my brain went, because there's always a silver lining, even when things go wrong. But it's that glass half full versus glass half empty. And I agree. We can train our brain to do that, but how, right? So the gratitude, how do you help people? Let's stick with that. And then we'll go through the AIN and what they stand for the acceptance, et cetera. Can you give a tip? I love to give tips to everybody. So as they're listening to the show or immediately uh, after finishing, listening to our conversation, when to become more grateful, is there um, like a habit or a thing that you ask your clients and and people use when you speak um, to become more grateful in life? Well, let me give you, uh, let's maybe take this uh, in two ways. The first is there, there are many gratitude practices and some people journal. So every day they write down a list of things for which they're grateful um, and this actually begins to rewire the brain itself. It's just thinking of positive experiences and thoughts. And a great example of that is a program called Three Good Things. So there's an, a, a long-standing research project at Duke University. And the, the idea is that those who 
volunteer to be part of the study just by going online and and filling out a questionnaire and and joining pledge to think of ideally write down and 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 send in on the website but let's just say think of three good things three things for which they're grateful for that day before they go to sleep at night so this takes no time you can do it while you're turning the bed linens down tonight i will think well i had this great conversation with my new friend connie it was wonderful um it was a beautiful day out here in california a little cold but wonderful i had a great walk with my dog and um you know i had a beautiful dinner with a friend so those are three examples and and there's many many more of course what they found in this three good things study is that and this is uh tracked through validated quality of life surveys that people take as a baseline and then during the three good thing practice over a, a period of about three months cool. is that the participants actually sleep better and they become happier and this is again this is like a, a 15 second or 30 second practice takes really no time and it's so simple so just having the intention of focusing on gratitude for that limited a period of time over the course of several weeks even when they the the study is over they're happier for many many months to follow even if they're no longer practicing three good things so this is a great example of gratitude our brain's neuroplasticity how we can actually uh gain happiness on a rather enduring basis just by adjusting the way we think for a brief period of time so gratitude is part of the gain practice so i'm just going to maybe begin to explain a little bit more about what Perfect. that practice is. Yes, I love it. So it is a, a sort of meditation. It's a self-guided meditation. And, you know, many people think that meditation means you have to sit still for 30 minutes, possibly in an uncomfortable position, <laughs> and banish all thoughts from your mind. And And nobody can do that. So maybe some people have thought that's what meditation is, and they've never tried it, or they have tried it, but they were unsuccessful in clearing their minds and sitting still without scratching an itch, what have you. No, meditation can be uh, as little as three-minute practice. And I'm going to give you focus for, for things to think about, actually bring your mind's focus to those four elements of gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. So it starts in the morning. It's ideal to do it in the morning because it kind of sets the tone for the day. So we wake up, we open the blinds, we do our morning hygiene, we find a comfortable place to sit. We close our eyes and we begin to focus on the breath. So we slowly breathe in through our nose, perhaps to a count of three, pause to a count of three, and then slowly release the breath through our nose or mouth to a count of four. We breathe into our belly, we experience our, our chest, our belly expanding, our body expanding, and we just settle into this slow, deliberate breathing. And what we're doing actually, Connie, is we're stimulating our parasympathetic nervous system through the vagus nerve. We're slowing our heart rate, we're lowering our blood pressure, we're lowering the amount of adrenaline circulating in our body that tends to go up even just getting out of bed. Um, and starting to think about our day. And so this slow, deliberate breathing really sets the stage for the gain elements. And so we do that for perhaps 30 seconds or so. And then 
we begin to contemplate the G and gain that for which we're grateful. And we all have so much for which to be grateful. Our health. So even if we have a broken ankle or some other health problem, none of us are in perfect health. Think of all the things we have going for us. We can just be grateful when we get up that, yeah, our, our back is a little stiff and, you know, this joint, that joint. But we get up and we go into the restroom and we eliminate the urine that's been collecting in our bladder overnight. I hope this isn't too graphic. It's so good. (laughs) We can complain about the fact that our back's a little stiff from being in bed for eight hours. But imagine the miracle of our kidneys functioning all night while we're asleep. Yes. Filtering our blood, taking out these chemicals that would be toxic if they accumulated in our blood sending them down these little tubes called ureters to our bladder, where faithfully, night by night, our bladder stores this liquid so we don't have to get up every 30 minutes to empty our bladder, and even if we get up once or twice at night. And then we can deliberately enjoy eliminating this liquid uh, in the morning when we get up. So imagine the complexity of our our urinary system and the miracle of how our kidneys are functioning. So yeah, our back's a little stiff, but let's be grateful that the rest of our body is working so miraculously and in, you know, such brilliant coordination and all the magic going on in our cells, our tissues, our organs. So let's be grateful for our relative health. The fact that we have a roof over our heads, unlike others in the world, you know, the very unfortunate people in Gaza and Ukraine and elsewhere who are starving, who don't have reliable shelter, et cetera. So imagine how fortunate we are to have a roof over our heads, running water, electricity. Um, Imagine the gratitude we can feel for our community, for our loved ones, our family, our friends. So if we put our minds to it, it's easy to have 45 seconds of focus on that for which we're grateful. Then we transition to acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. We can take a little deeper dive into those. Then we refocus on our breath. Again, linking our gratitude with our breath. So while we're thinking of these things for which we're grateful, we're also being reminded of the slow, deliberate, deep breathing that we're doing and the and the wonderful things it's doing for our body. And then after we've gone through the four elements, we return our focus solely to the breath. And then we open our eyes and we're ready to go out in the world. And what we've done is a number of things. We've begun to rewire our brains, just like the three good things exercise. We've done maybe even more than three good things by focusing on several things for which we're grateful. We've taught ourselves something consciously or subconsciously about the way we breathe. You know, when we're stressed, we can go all day without really taking a deep breath. Yes. So here we are sitting, focusing on very slow, deliberate, deep breathing and the wonderful sensations that it elicits in our body if we're listening. And we've also linked this slow, deep breathing to gratitude. And so that when we are stressed, Uh, we can immediately just go to our breath and go to our gratitude. So even if we didn't do the AIN elements in our gain meditation, if we just focused on gratitude. So that is a very simple exercise. The three good things practice before we go to bed. Just think of three positive things that happened during the day. 
you know, maybe negative things happen or things we think are negative. Don't think about those. Just intentionally focus on three good things. And then in the morning as part of our gain practice, we have this beautiful, slow, deep breathing exercise associated with gratitude thinking as well. And we're actually rewiring our brains, as they've shown in the Three Good Things study, um, toward gratitude and therefore uh, greater happiness. You know what's fa- fascinating, Greg? Two simple things. You know, people, oh, I don't have time. Come on. Exactly right. You're, you know, getting your bed ready, you know, fluffing your pillow, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, brush your teeth, you know, even during, while you're brushing your teeth. What are the three things you're grateful if you don't, if you're not a right people? Oh, I don't want to journal. Okay. While you're brushing your teeth, what are the three things you're, you're grateful for? So you can fit that in. And then the other thing I like is in the morning doing that, that gain practice, right? Of that, that meditation. Um, three minutes, like, come on. We all have three minutes in the morning. I don't care. You know, like my husband has a wicked commute in the morning, three days a week where he has to go in. You still can find that three minutes to while you're prepping your coffee, right? While your coffee is perking or whatever, or even if you have the Keurig, there's like a three minute time frame there for you even to just kind of close your eyes, stand there or sit on the kitchen on the on a kitchen chair, right? You said it does. You don't have to sit on the Buddha pillow, <laughs> right? Sit on the kitchen chair and just close your eyes and breathe while you're while your coffee's perking. And for me, the smell of the coffee in them, I'd be like, ooh, grateful for that smell. That alone can wake you up, right? So I love the simplicity of ending your day and starting your day. Now you're putting yourself in a position of power, I think, also, and and control. I use that word very loosely because really, what do we have control over? Um, but it's that power and control of what our mind is thinking, even if it's for those two brief moments um, at the beginning and end of the day. And the other thing I just wanted to say in the study you had mentioned um, by doing the gratitude at night, those three things that people reported sleeping better as well. And we know we need our sleep. Our bodies need to rejuvenate so our kidneys can function and our liver could function and all of the other bodily things that need us to be at rest for them to cleanse and purify and and keep us healthy. So, but it starts in the brain and we have control over that. You know, you're getting the flat tire and sitting in traffic and being late for a major client meeting. Sometimes you don't have control over that, even if you leave, you know, three hours early, but you do have control over what you think in your brain. And if you, if again, if you're aware of it at night and in the morning, I think they're beautiful practices. We're almost out of time, but I do want to hear, so I get the gain and the acceptance, the connectivity of those two, right? If I become gratitude and I accept life, right? But look at it from like my mom breaking her ankle and me saying, oh, thank goodness it was the good ankle. (laughs) The irony of that, it was the good ankle that got broken. But with that said, what is the, um, the I was again, tell me, I'm I'm sorry, I forgot. Intention. And then the last piece of the, yeah, non-judgment. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a deliberate practice brief. So we go through, we, we focus on the breath. We focus on that for which we're grateful. We then transition as we're slowly, deeply breathing to acceptance. We have all experienced pain and suffering. It's intrinsic to life. Of course. Uh, I lost my son six years ago at the age of 29. So that comes to me. And we actually take this painful or uncomfortable sensation and we imagine bringing it closer and closer as we breathe slowly and deeply, open our chest, open our heart, bring this experience into our heart and sit with it, relax our body into it. 
as we slowly, deeply breathe. So we're accepting. And we sit there with this acceptance and our deep breathing and our relaxing of our muscles and and savoring it. We can ask ourselves the question at some point, can I live with this pain forever? And the answer is yes. We transition to intention because again, if we don't have a plan, we lapse into these habitual ways of thinking that are negative and distracted. So we focus on the present moment and maybe take 15 or 20 seconds just to focus on our current physical sensations, the pressure of the chair against our body, the tingling at the soles of our feet, what we hear maybe a car or an airplane going by in the distance, focusing again on our slow, deep breathing as we experience our current sensations, the chest expanding, the belly expanding. And then we reiterate to ourselves our intention of being more present, more positive, and maybe giving generous, compassionate, self-compassionate. These are our intentions. And then finally, we transition to Mm non-judgment. And I often recommend having an image in our head of perhaps the earth apparently floating in space, one of these beautiful NASA images. And we say to ourselves, the earth is just a planet. It's beautiful, but it is neither good nor bad. Things don't have to be good or bad. The earth is just a planet. It's neither good nor bad. I too, therefore, am just a person. I am neither good nor bad. I am neither good nor bad. I am. And again, we link this to our breath, sort of intermittently focusing on that slow, deep breathing. And then we just return our focus solely to the breath. And then we slowly open our eyes and we're ready to go out in the world. And what we've done is we've begun to rewire our brain and also associate these essential elements of gain with our deep breathing. So your husband's driving to work. Somebody kind of cuts him off, changes lanes without using their turn signal. He begins to form all these judgments about the person. But he just did his gain meditation. Now a light bulb goes off and he reminds himself that he pledged to be non-judgmental. So he has a little laugh to himself. He actually gets a little dopamine hit and he drops the judgment. And when we feel stressed, we're walking down the hall, we're going to meet with our boss. We recognize this anxiety and we simply go to the breath. As we're walking, we focus on slowly breathing in through our nose, expanding our chest, pausing, slowly exhaling without effort through our nose or mouth. When we just go to the breath, Beside activating our parasympathetic nervous system, decreasing our heart rate, blood pressure, jitteriness, anxiety, these other gain elements also come to us because we have linked them with our morning practice. So we associate this slow, deep breathing with gratitude, acceptance, intention, non-judgment. So this is all part of actually changing the neural circuitry in our brain. We're rewiring our brain through this amazing quality called neuroplasticity. So it's it's a simple practice and you know it can really begin to change our lives. And, and you know the cool thing Greg it it's it we I think we make it much too complicated instead of and and you're, oh I can't do that. You know, do it for the three do it for 30 seconds if that's all you you have initially right that you you're fighting this or whatever. But just even if you just do the breathing and think of the three things in the morning for that 30 seconds but you're starting to create the habit. 
And, and, you know, the funny thing is in the morning, like you were saying, your morning routine, you know, you go to the bathroom, right? We brush our teeth. Like, do you think about brushing your teeth in the morning? Sometimes I, I have to, I go, did I brush? Because it's, it's, of course I did, right? I don't think about it. It's just part of my routine. So we can make this three minutes, just like brushing our teeth, part of our routine where you just sit quietly again while the coffee's perking, you wake up and sit at the edge of the bed, whatever it is, wherever you feel you can fit it in. Um, and, and the other thing I like about this too, you're not telling me, oh, no, no, you need to do this for 30 minutes. No, no, no. You need to do this after you've shout. Like there, we, we create these rules around stuff instead of keeping them so darn simple. And when you keep it simple and I can bring it into my, my real life of how my morning routine is right especially if you know people are getting like you deal with physicians you know some of them are are doing 24-hour shifts so you know think about the stress of of lack of sleep and all those other things so fit it into your lifestyle but this is easy peasy nobody should be saying oh i can't do that it's not like we don't have the capacity or i have to buy something in order to be able to you know do that three minutes of the gratitude acceptance um why do i keep forgetting the eyes Intention, my goodness, non-judgment. I remember because we judge so much in the world, right? It's uh, it's crazy. So I I just want to say that I think why don't we do these very simple things that we know are good for us? Yes. Again, it's because of our negativity bias, and that is applied to our self-judgment. And many of us feel that we're not deserving. Yeah. Maybe we don't deserve to be happy, so I'm going to resist rather than accept. Yeah. This negativity this you know i don't deserve it i have low self-esteem i don't deserve to be happy that's why i think we sometimes resist even the simplest things that we know are so beneficial for our well-being and and it, it is very simple our physical wellness depends on three things our sleep exercise and nutrition yeah our mental and spiritual well-being well-being uh is based on gratitude acceptance intention non-judgment four yeah. elements Three for our physical well-being, four for our mental and spiritual well-being. It's not very complicated. No, you just got to do it, right? It's the the Nike commercial, just do it. And it the negative bias, I, I love that because I, I never thought about that. But that's why we backslide. That's why we constantly backslide. Because again, we're talking, you know, the our ancestors, there's these elements of negativity that we bring forward because, because of that negativity bias. I, I didn't realize that. So that makes sense to me. You see, I think when we give people the why we do what we do, they go, oh, now you now you're in a power of choice that you could choose to say, oh, I understand it. That doesn't mean I have to accept it any longer. Right. Um, and that's what we're talking about. L- listen, we're out of time. But my goodness, uh, Greg, just what a great episode by the book, uh, everyone. So the I just want to make sure I give the right name of the book, The Happiness uh, Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. And it focuses on the four, it's really for anybody, not just healthcare yes, professionals, yes. but it really, it, it, it again, it, it focuses on those four pillars through the meditation methodology, gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. I think this book is a life book that we all need to have almost like at our bedside table so that we don't forget to do the gratitude and, and these little exercises that you um, that you shared. And then I'm, I'm sure there's even more in the book. Go to Greg's website. It's uh, Greg Hammer, MD, 
dot com. And I'm assuming the book is available on Amazon also, right, Greg? Yes. And there's a link at greghammermd.com. It's G-H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com. One last thing. If people have a question for you, are they able through that website to reach out and ask questions or you have like a QA, um, you know, frequently asked questions, that kind of thing? Because, uh, you know, people are going to have questions now. We've hit the tip of the iceberg. They're going to be like, well, wait, what about, what about, what about? Um, so they can reach out to you on that as well on the yes, great camera link to get in touch with my publicist and they will forward it to me. I'd be happy Beautiful. to answer any questions people have. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Because, you know, after people learn what's the first thing, we have questions. And I always want to make sure people realize, ask the question, um, because if you don't, then you're not going to create these good habits that we just talked about. So I think it all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, thank you so much, uh, Greg, for being on. And I, I really hope this inspired people <laughs> to look at just life from a different perspective. And, you know, this this show is, is posting at the end of the year. What a great way to start the new year with these really great habits that could change the trajectory of what the new year could bring for all of us, where we allow these opportunities um, to reach us um, just from changing our perspective and and approaching life in a more from that happiness, uh, gratitude, uh, you know, again, point of view. So thank you so much, everybody buy the book. It's and if you're in need of stocking stuffers, right, it's the end of the year, the holidays, well, the holidays will be passed by the time the show records, but or uh, uh, posts, but um, great stocking stuffer for anybody um, or for any avid readers in your um, in your circle. Uh, thank you so much uh, again, uh, Greg, for joining me. And I hope Ronnie, you. It's a pleasure. I, we can do it again anytime. Maybe uh, in the future we'll talk about health span, longevity, sleep, exercise, and nutrition. Oh my goodness gracious! So I think you might have to become like a quarterly regular. No pressure on you there, right? Be happy to join you anytime. Oh, that's beautiful. Love it, love it, love it, my friends. Um, thank you for that, and and I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together. No matter where you on are on your journey of change or whatever's happening in your life, I truly hope my guests and I provide some tips, strategies, ideas. Greg gave us a lot today to kind of chew on, but also implement easy peasy. I love easy peasy. Um, but trust me, information is a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with the recommendations and insight, don't buy the book. You don't do any action on the back end of this. Information is just in your brain. It's not really going to help you move the needle and create the life you desire. So again, buy the book. Um, listen to the episode again, do those exercises at night in the morning um, and report back. I know it will create change in your life and create the magic that you desire. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you again, uh, Greg, for joining us today. You've been listening to Enlightenment of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I wish you all an inspired week filled with magic by just taking action. Take inspired action, and I promise you, amazing things happen. I love you. I'll see you next week. Have a great one, everybody. Bye.